Welcome to All Things D&D Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every two days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... At this point, the party consisted of Fahil the Elven Cleric, Tafir the Tabaxi Rogue, Braun the Dragonborn Barbarian, and me playing Feek, sometimes called Mimic, partially because Feek is draconic for Mimic, but mostly because Feek is one. Somehow, Feek went from being your garden variety mimic to being able to turn into people and talking shortly before taking a nap next to a dragon. Feek woke up, the dragon was missing, and he wasn't able to mimic anything that was humanoid. No more chests or tables for Feek, but on the bright side he could cast magic. Without any clues as to what was happening to Feek, they decided that the dragon must have had something to do with it. So the quest for the missing dragon begins. At the time this game takes place, the party had just come back from saving an island that had been terrorized by a vampire when we heard about a cult in a nearby swamp. Fahil, the party cleric, could easily have been mistaken as a paladin based on how she acted, so we had to check it out. We made our way to where the lights of the cult had apparently been seen and found a tribe of what looked to be some kind of giant fish creatures with purple scales and humanoid limbs that were too small for their bodies. Their strange stunted legs still gave them the height to tower over the majority of the party. One successful arcana check later, and we know they're Kuotoa, a race of fish people who were driven insane by Mind Flayer tests that somehow led to them developing the ability to make gods out of inanimate objects. What we didn't know was what they were doing, and Fahil's six on their religion check wasn't helping. Why religion is an intelligence skill, but clerics are wisdom casters, I will never know. The party hid behind a rock and began to plan our next move when chaos erupted. Fun backstory, the dragon that I had taken a nap next to had been in prison there for centuries. It had been trapped, or more specifically, its body had been trapped. After all of those centuries slipped away, the dragon discovered a loophole in his life sentence, but it would need someone, or something, to be crazy enough to fall asleep near it. Enter Feek. While the dragon's body was trapped, its soul was not. Like a smelly hitchhiker, the dragon bummed a ride on Feek's soul. As the party's about to act, Feek gets a massive headache. He doubled over in pain and barely suppressed an agonizing scream. Not that that mattered much. A dragon flying out from behind a rock is pretty obvious. Not just any dragon, mind you, an ancient red dragon. I'm pretty sure the DM expected us to run, because the dragon started their BBEG speech, saying that he's a fire god and is about to form an unstoppable empire that will decimate the world and reforge it in the fires of hatred. Blah blah evil motivations and things. The Kuotil are lapping this up, because of course their dumb fish brains can't understand that they probably aren't part of the New World Order the dragon is about to build. We understand what's going to happen if it's not stopped, but we're level 12, and our strongest magic item was Bronze Flame Tongue Axe. There's no way we could take the dragon in a fight, and there are too many Kuotila to be fireballed. This is when I turn to Fahil and say, I have a stupid idea, but if we don't, the continent's screwed, in Fahil's voice. Of note, normally when I have a plan, I say, I have a stupid idea, and I need someone to convince me not to do it, and I usually do it out of character, because the DM lets us plan that way. Sometimes we use it, sometimes we don't, but I always ask someone to convince me not to do the stupid thing. This is why the whole table went silent for a moment, before Fahil's players said, Uh, okay, don't tell me what it is, what you need me to do. Not nuke me out of the sky, I say in character, before turning to the DM and clarifying that I can still cast spells. I teleported beside the dragon and began to hover. I began to give my own speech. In my most convincing commanding voice, I bellowed to the stupid fish creatures down beneath me. I am the true fire god. This creature is an imposter. This pathetic wretch is but a candle to my blazing inferno. There were some more fire metaphors thrown in there for good measure. Still, if you're a fish person, shouldn't fire be bad? I digress. The DM was shocked and had me roll a D100 and add my deception modifier. Rolling out in the open, I got an 87. After adding my plus 9 modifier, I got a 96. The DM was silent for a moment and said, 
you needed to roll a 95. After we calmed down, the DM narrated how as I spoke, I felt a warm tingling sensation all across my body, and I started to sense things I shouldn't have been able to, like feeling the hammer of a blacksmith in a nearby city, ring against fiery steel, or hearing the screams of devils in hell. All fire, regardless of location or size, was an extension of my senses, which had enhanced to the point where I could count the heartbeats of a cricket miles from the nearest flame. I ended the speech by waving my hand and incinerating the dragon before floating down to my companions, my skin now glowing with holy light. A conversation about what now led me to realizing that becoming the god of a race of neutral evil creatures has an impact on a person's morality, which led to an argument between Fahil and I, which ended up splitting the party, with me and Braun leaving to help my worshippers, and Fahil and Tafir staying behind. Thanks for listening to All Things D&D Story Dungeon. We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time! Ha 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 ha!